0: Hello, and welcome to The Baggies Broadcast. This is episode 18. Uh, I'm Luke Hatfield, I'm joined by two men you all know very, very well. First of all, our West Brom correspondent here, Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, You're still reeling from even more fun and games down at the Hawthorns at the weekend, (laughs) you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's loads of fun and games. I I
1: mean, every week it seems like it couldn't get worse, and it does. Um, But yeah, no, I'm I'm okay. I actually have got a bit of a cold
0: at the moment. yeah, I heard you struggling with that last week when I got back. I, was, uh, I, I did ask you how you were, but you did sound better on Saturday, to be fair, although, although um, mood at the Hawthorns probably, you know, knocked you back a couple of yeah, days. Yeah, the, tox,
1: the, the tox, toxic mood at the Hawthorns has uh,
0: put me under the weather, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That man you, who's laughing there, you can hear Mr
2: Turton. Andrew Turton, how are you? I'm in a pit of despair, <laughs> basically. I, I believe can't believe it at the minute.
0: I cannot wait until the day when I ask you both how you are, and you're both, you know what, oh, I'm great. It's just pure do you, shock. Do oh.
1: you say that when, you know, somebody from the, the floor above or someone from the floor below says, oh, you right? how are you, mate? As sort of a courteous, and you say, I'm right, I'm, I'm in a pit of despair. I
2: think they can just tell from my expression, and the fact my head's, like, just sort of on the desk now, you know. When the woman at Greg's asks you how you are, you say, I'm in a pit of despair. But just just scowl at, her know, to be honest, <laughs> really, you know, because oh. they'll, they'll bring the walls up and that, and then I'm like, oh. Did they? You, you, yeah, just, you just have to eat your sausage roll and leave. I do, yeah, I do. Mind I, you,
1: Wolves lost at the weekend,
2: so... Well, this is it, yeah, that was one. Every cloud,
0: crumb,
1: mm. comfort.
0: Yeah, another game which went on over the weekend, of course, the Carabao Cup. Did anyone tune into that? No. 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 Oh, well. <laughs> I,
2: was I, 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 I was sick, did sick of football. I was sick of football. I was, I was the same as Matt. Like, I, I could barely, I didn't even watch Match of the Day on Saturday. I was just like, I can't bear to watch it. I, but I've just about watched it yesterday, I was, last night. I was actually at a birthday
1: party for a four-year-old.
0: So. Yeah. Oh, I can't bear to watch much of the day, you know. Now on a Saturday, if, if I'm because I'm going going down and covering the football, obviously, or working yeah. in the office or at home covering the football, it's a struggle to watch the football afterwards as well. It really is a bit of a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. no, I I tuned into it. Gary Neville gave scathing criticism of Arsenal by the way, the day, and, uh, yeah. I mean it's, it's nearly as bad as the baggies it seems. But did you
1: see Frank Lampard, well you didn't see it on Match Today, mm. I thought Frank Lampard on Match the day was absolutely spot on with what he said. Mm. Really, I, he said you know, everyone around them is um, starting to uh, fight for the cause and these guys just look like they're not. Mm. Um, I thought he was, he, I like Frank Lampard's as yeah, I think he's very really really good. good. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, decent, yeah, he's, he's not too good. bad.
0: Good. Well, well we'll head straight into the game of course, me and Matt were both there. Uh, Andy, you were lucky not to be there. <laughs> Because uh, it, <laughs> it, it was a str- it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. It was watch. otherwise engaged, but yeah, the,
2: yeah, the yeah. girlfriend was um, yeah, couldn't believe him.
0: So it was a must-win yeah. game. I mean, me and Matt talked about this heavily in a video afterwards. I'm sure if you've not tuned into that, you can catch it on the website anyway on the Express and Star website. It was a must-win game and is one which I've been completely bottled.
1: Yeah, first half they were dreadful. I thought um, they just looked like a team paralysed with fear really. And they played like a team low on confidence. Um, There didn't seem to be much plan or cohesion. Um, Pardue persevered with this two man midfield, which, you know, we'll come on to in a bit, I'm sure. But um, it didn't work against Huddersfield's five. And um, that's been the story of the past few games, actually. And the fact that he didn't realise that, it's damning. I mean, I mean, a few weeks ago, Pardew made a rod for his own back by saying, "Oh, I'm going to play two strikers from now until the end of the season." I think he probably saw the reaction that Pulis got for being negative and thought, "I'm going to be. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be the complete opposite." Yeah. You know, he started off his tenure by playing three up front just to make a statement, rather yeah. rather than thinking that, "Okay, what's going to win me the game?" And it's the, it's a similar thing with this. You know, he said, oh, "I'm going to play two up front. I'm going to be positive," but it's all very well being positive, but if you've got Rodriguez who I thought was pretty peripheral and Rondon who I thought tried hard but was offside more often than not. Yeah. yeah. If you've got those two sort of out out of the game and you're leaving a thirty seven year old Gareth Barry and Krakowiak who's doing the running of two men to look after the ball and you know, you've got Matt Phillips bottling out of tackles and James McLean losing the ball, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I don't I don't I don't know how he couldn't see that um he need if you're gonna play Gareth Barry I mean I, I do have a bit of sympathy for Barry because he's been a bit of a lightning rod recently. Yeah, um, and he was actually playing really well up until a few weeks ago. Um, but if you're going to play him, I think it's painfully obvious you need to play him in a three. Has he just yeah. tried to cover the the fans' favour too much, you, Do you
2: think? Because he just, you know, has it completely gone the other way? He hasn't. He's almost lost a little logic in, in
1: actually thinking of a, a you know, a, another way of doing it. I think that's exactly what he's done. Mm. Um, he's been, at, he's been. I, I, he's managed to be at the, f- at the same time trying to curry favour with the fans, but also stubbornly persisting with things that um, aren't working. For example, Barry and Krakovic in the middle, which, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We were saying that oh, that yeah. was looking good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, they had a good couple of games.
1: Yeah. But, the, you know, good managers react um, quickly. You know, the best managers are proactive and they, see, they foresee a problem before it happens and, yep. they, and they enact it, you know. You knew Huddersfield were going to play 4-2-3-1. You should have matched them in midfield. Um, I suppose that's what the best managers do. Then good managers, they see a mistake and they react to it. But the worst managers don't react to it. And I'm afraid Mm. that's what Pardew's done over the last two or three games.
2: It would just seem like if they were going to, you know, they weren't going to dominate. He almost set them up, I felt, like he would he thought they were going to be able to dominate the game and and sort of be able to take it to the opposition straight away but when you were team low on confidence the way the Albion were, you could see how that confidence just ebbed away after the first sort of 10 minutes or so and then uh, you know, Huddersfield were on top then after that so why not sort of give yourself a nice solid base to start from with a five in midfield and then you know move on from there? Yeah that's a good question That's
0: what I was going to say, I mean the last couple of games that I've been to, Albion have started they've actually started really well whether it's whether it's the atmosphere around the ground, whether it's the fans cheating them up, they've actually started quite well. Yeah. And then yeah. they've let other teams just grow into it. And it's, it's becoming yeah. a persistent problem now. I'm on which party really that, does need to stop.
2: It's getting over that first sort of 10 minutes or so. They've either been poor right from the get-go or they've sort of hit this malaise, you know, by the middle of the first half and, and allowed the or the opposition to dominate. And it's, you know, it seemed to be a pattern whenever I've seen them play um, first hand and... and, and and, you know, from others that uh, have gone to the uh, the matches.
0: That's it. I mean, I mean, I mean, we've seen West Brom lose a number of games like this now. Must-win games, which have been labelled must-wins. They've gone and lost them. But I get the feeling this is probably the worst the worst result, of, of, or one of the worst, at least, of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's up there, isn't it, with the um, away game at Huddersfield, um, the away game at Southampton, mm-hmm. the home game against Southampton, mm. the trip to Brighton... The away game at Swansea. I'm um, actually, I could go on. To <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty lengthy yeah, list. Yeah, sorry. I mean, it's it it is though, isn't it? I mean, it it was really now and ever. Yeah. And as as much as I like David Wagner and Huddersfield as as a, as a team and a club, I don't think they've got too much quality in in, in their ranks, and I I think they're pretty a pretty try hard mediocre team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a team that's been in the, in the Premier League for eight seasons and, and has got what should be quite a glittering. Um, array of uh, stars in their squad. You, know, you look at Barry, Krakowiak, Evans, arguably Rondon, Rodriguez, Phillips. They should be able to beat this this team. And and the fact that they uh, were second best, um, I think I think that's probably it. Now I think I think even though we have got ten games left of the season, I think they're probably down. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd, I'd agree with that. It's one thing which I came into the office and spoke with you about Andy, yeah. it's just, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion. Well,
2: well, you look at it in the cold light of day, it's one league win since August, and I mean, you know, that the, it tells its own story, doesn't it? They've just not been able, at any of these key moments in the season when they've really needed to, apart from the Brighton game at home, that was a good performance, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and you know there has been good performances on the road, off and on, where they've got uh, draws and that like, but, you know, it, it, it's just not, you know, they've not been able to string them together, and I, I don't know whether that's, you know, the player's not binding to Pardew, or Pardew not being able to get his message across, or there's just a myriad of problems. I don't know. But yeah.
0: That's it. I mean, I read through your player ratings <clears> this morning, Matt. Um, can you guess what the average player rating was?
1: 4.4. 4.
0: No, it's a little bit higher than that. A little bit higher. 5.1 is the average player rating. Right. And I must admit, I do feel for the likes of Chris Brunt, Gregor Kukovic, to a point. I mean, first half. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Kovac has been in and out this season. He's been up and down in terms of his form, but he did, he did try today.
1: And he, he could, was trying to get something going. He did going. try on the weekend. He was sorry. trying to get something going and he was all over the pitch I thought in the first half. Not necessarily doing the right the right things as in making the right passes, but at least he was running around and he was doing the running of two men. Second half you could just see his head his head drop. And I think he scuffed a pass in the build up to, to Huddersfield second. You could see him visibly drop. Yeah. And it was I think that was probably just you know, frustration at look, I'm trying my best here, but you guys have got to give me something. And then when Brunt came on and he's throwing his arms up, yeah, and I think you know, he's saying, Look, will somebody make a run, somebody do something for me so that I can pass on the ball. Yeah.
2: yeah, has it just been the, the fact that with we Kukoviak, we've just looked on a player who, on a season when we would have been more stable, you know, potentially top 10, he would have been a player that would have been a leading light. Let now he's sort of, uh, you know, he's running around, not really knowing exactly what he's. Role's going to be,
1: and it's sort of left him bereft of sort of you know, I think he's go- been Performance. I think he's been played out of position slightly. I mean, he's he's said to me, you know, he's a holding midfielder, yeah, and mm. they've asked him to do this box to box job. Now, the best holding midfielders can do that, yeah, but he still feels most comfortable at the base, fine. He should be there, maybe with a you know, a Chadley or a Morrison in front of him, mm. and he should he because he is good as a holding midfielder, but him and Barry, I'm afraid, you're asking him to do. You know, I like Krakowiak, but he's very good at playing those balls in, those like glamorous, gorgeous balls over the top. When was the last time you saw him slip a slide rule passing? He's not a mm. number 10, is he? No, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. You need you need a Morrison or a Chadley in there to be a number 10. Krakowiak's great from deep. He's like a quarterback. Yeah. 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 And the thing that really, really infuriated me, I mean, it's only a minor thing, but... On Saturday, you had Evans and Krakowiak having an argument about who should be the quarterback, who should be that Perlo yeah. or the tre- or whatever you want to call it, yeah. where you know you pick up the ball and you take play. And Evans was demanding that Krakowiak passed him the ball because he's been doing, been doing that um, for Alvin for the last two seasons. Yeah. You Whereas know, Krakowiak, that's his job, that's his role, that's how well he feels. And then you've got Barry in there as well, who is the holding midfielder, and you've just got three players, I suppose, stepping on each other's toes. It's not, you know, it, it doesn't work. And the fact that it's taken 30 games and they're still arguing about it, these yeah. players, yeah. is unbelievable. Mm.
0: It is shocking. I mean, can, can Alan Pardew almost look to the injury list and at least point a finger of blame at least to that and just say, well, I've been la- I've been robbed of many of my creative players because the
1: likes of Morrison
0: and Chadley, of course, he's, he's missed out on because they've been injured for so long.
1: Yeah, Morrison and Chadley is, is a big blow um, and obviously he lost storage as well. Um, and he made the point before the game that if, if Morrison and Chadley had been fit, he doesn't think Tony, Tony Pulis would have lost his job. I mean, I don't know about that because Chadley wasn't playing and he, he, he was trying to get Morrison out of the team anyway. Yeah. Um, wrongly, in my opinion. And um, I don't know. So I don't know about that. But um, I think P- you know, there was sort of. Uh, uh, there was always going to be an ending point for Pulis. Uh, yeah, He, he always I had think a shelf it, life with, with the fans. Definitely. Um Yes I think Pardew could have benefited from having those players fit but come on not every not every player is going to be fit for you 100% of the time and, and you know no no other club has to deal with that it's not like Albion have got one they haven't got I don't think they've got one of the worst injury records in the league I think it's probably in the bottom half but I don't think it's one of the worst you know you've got to deal with it as as a manager and you've got to and you've got to you know Find ways around that because every every club has to deal with it.
2: Yeah, I think that's been
1: the frustration with you
2: a couple of times. He's spoken like that, and I, I feel like, well, yeah, that's fine making that point, but you know, you've got you have got to find a way to to get these results, some by hook or by crook. And yeah. I thought that when he come in, he was going to be. You know, by playing the four four two, some weeks you know if sprung a surprise by playing the three up front, I thought he'd be trying different things in a week in week out. You know, we'd we'd have different ways of trying to approach it. But yeah, he's played
1: four four two every yeah, game, hasn't he? Yeah, I think. is that right? Yeah.
2: But yeah, by and large, and it, it just feels like I don't know—is he already run out of ideas? I don't know, or is he just? I, I don't know. It just it just feels frustrating where I, I thought it was a lot of promise when he first came in and, you know, it did brighten up a little in those first handful of games but, uh, I don't know, it's just such a shame. I yeah. think you
1: can give it, I think the first, like, month and a half, you can give him time to get to know mm-hmm. his best team. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried, mm-hmm. he was trying Livermore. he was trying Jakob and he was having a look at those players and I think that you've got every right to do that. Yeah. Then he settled on Barry and I and it was working but I think, you, you know, modern management is not just about finding that team that Mm. works for every game you have to adapt it and you have to adapt it to the changing conditions i.e. the opposition you know your players fatigue in the case of Barry where what your players have done um, you know off the field in the case of the the, the four senior players who have got fine two weeks wages you know you can't just put the same team out Over and over again, and hopefully, and hope that one time it works. You have to make changes Mm. if you're losing, because otherwise, the the players aren't being held accountable for their results, and they know they're just going to get played every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is is? (laughs) I mean, who's more to blame for this? Do you think is it the players, is it Pardew, is it someone else? I think everybody's to blame for it. I think the players have to shoulder some blame. I wrote in Saturday's paper that, you know, the this. You know, let's not beat around the bush. This group of players have underperformed for two different managers this season, Mm -hmm. both of whom are on one end of the scale in terms of the way that they approach things. One of them is very defensive and disciplined. One is quite attacking and sort of is your mate and you know and protects that approach. So the fact that they've underperformed for both of those two contrasting styles, I think you have to criticise them for that. Mm -hmm. I also think you, you you do have to look at Pardew because I think the way. Although he said all the right things when he first arrived, and, and you know, he, he has said quite, he has got the fans on the side and he said all the right things. You know, it's all very well walking the walk, but you got to. Sorry, I've got that wrong. It's all very well talking the talk, and talk <laughs> yeah, but you got to walk the walk, haven't yeah, you? And he, and, he, and he hasn't, and you know, results have got worse.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah, let's touch on Chris Brunt as well. I mean, you had an exclusive today, Matt. It was a really good story, actually. Um, well, well, all your stories are good, but this, <laughs> this one was particularly good. You know, it was certainly one which. Uh, Got a lot of people talking. Yeah. Chris Brunt calling out the players,
1: calling out Pardew after the game. What do you make of that? Well, to be honest, I'm not surprised. Mm. Firstly, I'm not surprised that it was Brunt because he was the only person that showed any level of sort of ambition or desire on Saturday. I mean, yeah. that's a bit unfair. Maybe Rondon and Foster and a few others, but he was the standout candidate in that respect. Yeah. Um, and he was and he was understandably furious and you could, visibly furious. You can see him and he's clapping all the home fans and he goes in. He storms into the dressing room and demands, you know, has it out with the players, and then rounds on pardue and says, you know, that was never a four-four-two game. That was a four. That was always a five-man midfield game. Um, and you're talking about a man who's played for you know for years, eleven years at this club, and he's yeah. played in all manner of systems and all manner of places. Oh, so he knows what he's talking about. Um, but. I'm not actually surprised that it happened. In fact, I'd be more worried if there wasn't yeah. um, heated arguments and, and raised voices in the dressing room after such a dreadful display. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased actually that there was some sort of reaction from somebody because if they'd all just trudged in and, and you know not said anything and not got riled up, then that would be even more damning, I think, yeah. um, to the fans who pay good money to go and see them. You know, I. I as as a lot of people have pointed out, look, a lack a lack of quality. You can almost um, not defend, but you can almost go, okay, fair enough. Look, at least uh, you know the the thing that you have, the, the one thing that you can't defend is the lack of fight, and yeah. you know it's not necessarily, for example, it's not how Robson Caru's fault that. Mm-hmm. The club handed him a three-year contract. That's the club's fault. If, yeah. not, if you if you get my gist, yeah. you know it's no one's. It's no. It's not Oliver Burke's fault that someone paid 15 million pound for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could argue it might be his fault that he hasn't that he hasn't improved. But he is still young, and, it, and you could argue he has improved a little bit this season. I don't know because we've not seen too much of him. But what what I'm trying to say is that that if I don't know if 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 somebody's working their socks off and when they miss a good chance. That's always going to be much more preferable than somebody who um, is talented but doesn't try. Yeah, that's
0: first a fair point. That's a fair point. Do you reckon Pardew's going to hold this against him? I mean, he's not. Pardew strikes me as a type of manager who doesn't like to be uh, talked to like that by a player. I mean, is is, is this going to harm Bruns chances of appearing again this season, or do you reckon he's, he's going to be water under the bridge?
2: I think it needs to be, uh, you know, just water under the bridge. It needs to be. Uh, there should be airing these sort of uh, conversations in the dressing room. Pardew should be able to defend. I mean, I, you know, we weren't. A f- I'm not flying the war. I would have loved to have been, but hopefully, Pardew was defending his formation and taking on a senior player's view. Yeah. I mean, you know, these he's, the dressing room is packed now, full of players who have played the game for a long time. You've got Foster, you've got Evans, you've got McCauley in there, you've got Barry, you've got these sort of players who should be big enough to to be having a, a proper argument about it. I mean, you know, the fans are rightfully angry. You know, at the end of that game, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I think it's important that they're aired. And I think Pardew should have been should have been you know man enough to sort of take that on the chin and, and sort of um, you know. Uh, be part of the conversation in the gesture really.
0: and then, yeah, credit to the fans as well at the game because they did make a lot of noise early on and um, there was a fair few people in there as well and it was a credit to see as many stay for as long as they did yeah. because it was a struggle at one point yeah, especially, especially after they got conceded that second goal I thought, thought it was going to went out a bit quicker than it did mm-hmm. uh, we'll move on Alan Pardew his future at the club I mean is this the beginning of the end?
1: Yeah it is it has to be I think um, I think the Huddersfield game which w- but Pulis was the penultimate game. And I imagine this will be Pardew's penultimate game as well. Mm. He is hanging by a thread. Um I don't see there's any way back really. Unless he unless they beat Watford, but I can't see them beating Watford. I think, you know, they're, th- this they're on a losing streak for a reason and it's not it's not misfortune, it's mm, not yeah. you know, they are yeah, they they are a team that are playing like like they're rock bottom of the of the Premier League, and I, I just I have no confidence in them, and, and they don't probably don't have any confidence in themselves at the moment. I think confidence is shot. That's part of the problem. Um, so I think um, lose against Watford, and he, he he could be out the door. Now, I think the question the question is, you know, who do you replace him with? Do you go and get someone now? Or do you give it to somebody like Darren Moore mm. until the end of the season? I mean, I personally don't think that would be a wise idea because Big Dave has only just b- become a first-team coach. Yeah. He's very inexperienced. And I think it would be quite unfair in some ways to give him this group of players to manage and to say, look, here you go, take them down. Because, that, I'd, I mean, it, it would it would almost sully his you know rep- growing reputation among among the fans and, and you know he is inexperienced and, it's, and that would be a bit unfair i think but you you could see it happening the other alternative i suppose would be gary megson to come back but i think that's quite unlikely because mm-hmm. we've got mark jenkins back at the club now and those two had a fallout when when megson left he you know originally he um he fell out with peace and he fell out with jenkins and i just can't personally can't see that happening um it would it, it would seem like a good fit purely because, um, Megson is one of the few managers I suppose who was desperate enough to to come back and he, yeah. and even if he took the club down, he'd still be regarded as, as a legend. Yeah, um, and he would you know put a rocket up them that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, you know the fans would welcome that, but. Yeah, I, I just—I mean, it'd be interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jenkins would do it, but I don't think—I don't see that being patched up. So then you're thinking, well, you need to get someone new in, mm. and mm. well, okay, A, who is there? There's a few people out there. Gary Monk, maybe. Yeah, he's—he's yeah. he's a good manager in my opinion. Um, got well, I've got a list here for you. If you oh, go on them. then. Go uh, on. Current bookies' favourite, Marco
0: Silva mm. at evens. I don't think Silva would take it yeah harry redknapp five to one seems oh.
1: like a dreadful idea to me seems like a dreadful idea to me Slaven bilic next uh, yeah. up what i mean i don't you what? the thing is you need somebody if you're going to appoint somebody you need somebody who you're who you want to be in the championship next season mm-hmm. because let's face it only a miracle is going to get them up now yeah. keep them up now so unless that person comes in and performs a miracle and whoever comes in by the way should not be expected to keep them up yeah if if party does go after watford you know we're talking about Something that is not, you know, hasn't happened yet. But whoever comes in, they shouldn't be expected to keep them up. They should be having an eye on the long term future of the club, and they need to be somebody who 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 is ready for the championship. Is Bilic? I don't think he is. No, not not really. The um, name which, I mean, judging
0: from these top seven or eight, Silver Redknapp, Bilic, Megson, Megson, maybe Mark Hughes. I wouldn't have Ronald Koeman. I can't see him taking it. Chris Wilder. Why would he?
1: Why would he leave? Well, that's Why a good would he leave Sheffield United to come to Albion?
0: That's a good question. But Sheffield United, I mean,
1: if they don't go up, um, I mean, unless you offer him a lot more money, he's a he's a Sheffield United fan, isn't he? And mm. he's done wonders with that club, and they love him there. I think that's a sort of um, that would be an Eddie Howe to to Burnley move. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know why yeah. you I don't know why you do it. So, um, uh, I I mean the name that that all that I. I'm intrigued by. I'm not saying it was the right. To, it would be the right decision. There's Derek McInnes up at Aberdeen, yeah, he did a, he did an interview with the Telegraph over the weekend saying he'd love to come down and manage South of the Border again. Yeah, yeah. twenty-five to one at the bookies. Yeah, I mean, and I think that would be a, an appointment that the fans would get behind. Former club captain, you know, and well respected, and I think they'd give him a lot of time next season. And I think people would understand that if, say, we were in mid-table or or, or even lower mid-table, they they would think, okay. We don't mind this project if it's a project that McInnes is building or so whoever it is is building. But McInnes might get more t- more leeway with the fans because of his previous. Um, so you think it's a good move now
2: to try and like make the move now rather than say Pardew just go through to the end of the season, be, whatever happens, and then have a clean slate then? Or do you think? it's I better think that to just would be
1: unfair. I think that would be unfair on both Pardew and the fans, right? Because there comes a point. Where um, actually anybody but anybody but Pardew is is better because if the fans the fans turned on him on Saturday, mm. I mean they turned on the on the players first and then then they turned on him. And okay, it wasn't as toxic as when it was as the Huddersfield away game when, uh, with, Pulis, with, yeah. with with Pulis, mm. but that was three years of, of oh the bitterness of was bitterness like built that. built up. This yeah. is like. Three months of oh, there's not enough. Th- it's one month of <laughs> it's one month of what on earth has happened. A debacle, yeah, nice. And um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens at Watford. How vocal the away fans are. The away fans are always, uh, you know, are always quite quite a bit more vocal. And uh, although they, you know, um, support the club through thick and thin, you know, as we saw at Huddersfield, they will make their. They're not afraid to make their their comments felt, and and they shouldn't be, you know, considering the amount of money they spent. Uh, the, you know, the amount of money they spend, so it'd be interesting to see what happens at Watford. And you know, if if it gets to if it gets to those sour levels that it mm. did at Huddersfield away, I can't see Padue, um surviving. And I don't. I just think it becomes a bit unfair to throw then throw him out to to the Wolves. And, yeah. Um, mm. You know, at the at, not the Wolves, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. At the uh, at the home game against Leicester, because then all of a sudden you're you're putting him up in into this into this absolute fire pit where everyone is baying for his blood, and it's mm. it's a bit that would be, you know, unfair. Mm. Um, I don't know. Is I mean, I, I, this is the thing. This is this is the thing for me. I don't know about you. You guys think, but I don't know what the answer is. I <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't. I've I, I pondered it whether it was right to sort of just stick and twist now or give it some time it depends what type of i mean you might know better you've obviously know better than me really what what jenkins is like in terms of whether he's going to be quite cool and sort of want to do uh, real due, due diligence sorry, on um, on the next person to come in because it's a bit of a critical appointment isn't it this one you know you want to you've got to have a guy who you hope would hit the ground running in the championship who you know doesn't allow the malaise to continue you know because i mean you can get sucked into all sorts of stuff if you um you know start poorly in the championship we've seen it with other clubs so you know yeah it does it does seem to be quite a well a massive appointment really and i is jenkins going to sort of take his
1: time over it or do you think he's already starting to think about his options or oh he's definitely already considering his options um they're, they're already on on the lookout for potential replacements and that's one that i think that's one of the reasons why they haven't you know loaded the gun yet because the the the, the the people that are out there, um, there's a de- well, not there's a dearth of people of managers, but there is a, a dearth of suitable replacements. Who would come? Mm-hmm. Who's going to come and oversee this and be- have a relegation on their CV? That's the question. Silver isn't going to. No. Um, he doesn't need that. He, you know, he'll get a Premier League job uh, either in the summer or ne- this time next not this time, but you know, November time next year. Yeah. Um. So. Who who's gonna who's gonna come? I mean, because you've got to evaluate the squad, haven't you, really You need to have a good look at
2: who's coming in, who's going out. You know,
0: mm, that's it. I mean, and it's it's just one of them where it's it's hard for me. For me, I, I agree with you, Matt. I wouldn't I wouldn't give it to more. It seems like. That'd be uh, very similar to what happened at Wolves when they just threw Terry Connor in. Mm. Uh, what happened at Villa, I know he and Black's far more experienced, but they just threw him in after Remy Gard. It's, it doesn't seem like it's going to be beneficial for anyone in that circumstance. It doesn't. So it is, but if
1: they did do that, then at least more, you know, I think Darren would get a bit of, um, you know, he would get some. Um, you'd be some more love symp- from the fans. You yeah. get some sympathy from the fans, absolutely, and, and even if they lost, say, the next three games under him. I don't think the fans are really telling him, I mean, you yeah. they, they they understand, they're not stupid, they understand that, you know, he's starting out his coaching career and he's he's inheriting an absolute dog's dinner. So, you know, if they did do, if they did decide to go down that route, I don't think um I'd, I'd, I hope it wouldn't tarnish his reputation anyway. Yeah. Uh, one last question on
0: Pardew. I mean, if he does if he does get the sack, if he does get the boot eventually, does he get another job in the Premier League after this? No. Do you reckon he has to dip down into the championship if he wants
2: to get back into work, or does he just go go and stick with punditry? I think, tree I think and... he'll be just sitting in a sky studio. If I was in, really, to be honest, at this stage, you know, mm. I mean, I, there's so many. I mean, you've read a, a load of names out there. I mean, what a, what a sort of merry-go-round of names again. And I mean, yeah. I, I, at the time when he come in, I was sort of hoping that it wasn't going to be the case, but it's just proved to be another situation. I mean.
1: But mm. I, I, you know, I don't I don't want to hear the same old names again. Yeah. I want to be surprised. I want to be yeah. oh, okay you've gone for this guy and the reason you've gone for him is because why and Mm. and it's you know well he's got these credentials and he's an up-and-coming guy and you know I'm not saying that that this guy that someone like Paul Hurst at Shrewsbury is the right answer I'm just saying that I want these people to be to be considered Mm. and okay maybe maybe they maybe he's not the right answer maybe that is a bad idea but look I don't get paid to make those decisions but I just hope that those sort of candidates yeah. are being put under the spot. I
2: think if ever there's going to be a time, this has to be the time because you're going to have a clear out of quite well, not I don't know how many would go, but there will be some senior players go, and it's going to be a chance that he's going to have to mix it up with some old guards, some you know kids potentially. Well, will there be a lot of players brought in? I don't know. So it is going to be time for a guy with some fresh thinking. You know,
0: that's it. We'll move on now. We've got a little bit of a segment for you. Uh, given Albion's very perilous position and almost seemingly uh, acceptance of dropping down into the Championship. I've got a list of players for you. You're going to make a call on whether they will be at Albion next season if they go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll start with a very easy one. Mr Jonathan Evans. No. No. no three, £3 million, <laughs> three million pound if they go down. No, so it's,
1: but it's... yeah. Looks it's like off.
0: he's going elsewhere. Does Ben Foster stick around? Or does a Premier League club come in for him?
1: I don't know about Ben. I... I, I think he's good enough to get a move but he, he does seem quite sincere in his love for the club mm-hmm. and his kids are Albion fans and he is, if he was 30 I would say he'd move but he's 34 now yeah so I think he might stay. Yeah, I think he'd probably stay. He's, he's, he's always been quite interested in the,
2: uh, living in the Midlands and stuff for a long time now, I think. And I well, think yeah, he was
1: born in, in yeah. Leamington Lemington Spa, wasn't yeah. he? And he lives, uh, I think he lives down my way in Stratford. So, mm. he, he and he's got kids, his kids are at school, you know. I, I I think he, unless he got a, unless somebody, I don't know, like Willow and Sto- or Stoke came in for him, Um, I could see that maybe... Potentially, because if Butland
2: goes, then maybe Stoke would need someone, but that's if Stoke stay up. I mean, who knows? Yeah, exactly. And
1: that's that's also Villa go up. I mean, I think think probably, likely that he'll stay. Yeah, he'd probably be one of the best goalkeepers in the Championship as Mm -hmm. well, to be fair to him. Salomon Rondon? I think Rondon will stay, yeah. I mean, I I think, A, I don't know who would buy him, and B, I... He, I get the impression he loves the club as well he does seem to be very very um, settled and, and sort of he, although it's been a dreadful season he does seem to fight for it as well and I, I get the impression just from hearing little bits and pieces that you know he, he is he is fond of, of the club and mm-hmm. I, I think he'd stay I think his
2: stock, his stock has fallen a little bit, you know, where is so, yeah. he? Potentially. Since that £30 million I bid from China. So. So, I, I think so. I I mean. think that oh, see what you mean? Oh, I,
1: I, think thought, th- I, thought, I think under Pardew, his stock has risen. Well, he's, he's one player who Pardew has improved. Yeah. Mm. And he has. He has been much better yeah. since Pulis mm. left. Rondon but, has been, you know, he's up there with one, some of the best performers in every game now. and And I think... He gives his all, and okay, he didn't play too good on the weekend, but he's been scoring a couple of goals recently as well. I think his stock has risen among Albion fans. I mean, I know what you mean. No, I was just it?
2: wonder whether, with all the clubs and stuff, if you're looking for that 20-goal-a-season guy, no, he's with, not that. with the sort of with the sort of money that potentially the Albion would ask for. I don't know, 20 million plus <laughs> something like that. I I'm don't not,
1: know. I'm not saying he's going to get a move to a Prem club. I'm yeah. just saying his stock, I think, has risen recently. Fair enough, James McLean. I think. I think he would go. I mm. think he would go. I think there'd be enough teams interested in him. I think, yeah, definitely.
0: Matt Phillips. Will anyone come
2: in for Matt Phillips after the season he's had? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's had a terrib- poor season. Terrible in some games, but yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think he's been very he lacklustre. I the think same. there'll be. I
1: think there'll be somebody who takes a punt on him because he's got. He, he has got the potential to uh, to do it all. You know, he's got power, pace. He can play with both feet, and if you just get in his head and get it get it sorted, he'll be a good player. But. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I think he'll probably go. <laughs> yeah, Hagazi. Uh, I think he will stay.
2: He's only he has only just signed on a permanent basis. So yeah, I'm hoping you know unless there's some sort of crazy offer comes in, you know, someone who really wants to take a punt on him.
1: But more to no. the more more because I don't think Albion will be able to sell all their defenders. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah,
2: so yeah, well, I, I should
0: hope he stays. Fair point, Chris Brunt.
1: Oh Brun- Brunt will stay. Uh, he's he. I think he's due to trigger an extra year on his contract soon mm. through appearances. Certainly before the end of the season, should he actually be picked like he should be. Um, I think he sh- I hope he stays anyway, because you know if anyone needs proof of how much he loves Albion, it's what's happened at the weekend. Yeah, and
0: last two here. Uh, Jay Rodriguez, firstly. Hasn't had a great season.
1: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, okay, he's been in and out of form. But uh, he's. I think there is something there. I hope he stays, actually. Yeah. I quite like Joe Rod. Um, but I think he might go. Yeah, well, I think he might go as well. I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think he could
0: do a job in the Championship, but I think a Prem, a prem club, especially, you know, bottom, bottom half, you know. I think he there. could score goals in the Championship, actually. Yeah, now, now you mention it. I'd agree with you there. And finally, Ollie Burke. lot of he, money. He'll stay. He'll stick around?
2: He'll stay. I think he's got a. I think in the Championship, he's, he's he needs to be. make himself the main man, really. I mm. think, it, you know, with an ageing Brunty, Morrison, you know, Chadley potentially move as well. He's, oh, he's my, got a,
1: Morrison won't be. Morrison will go. I think. Yeah. Morrison's, I think, this is the, I think his contract is up in the summer and yeah. obviously
2: he's injured. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's it. Okay, we'll move on. We've got a couple of questions coming in. Uh, in fact, we've got plenty of questions coming in. Obviously, uh, a result like that, you know, echoes plenty of questions. Uh, Sphere Outlines asks, uh, what did Br- Brunty say in the dressing room and who did he say it to? Well, so
1: from what I gather is that he stormed in and um, laid into everybody, all the team, all all of his teammates. I think it was more of a blanket sort of, "Come on, everyone, that was not good enough. You're all, mm. you know." And um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know exactly what was said because I wasn't I wasn't there. But as, as it got relayed to me, um, that that was it. It was it was he gave them all pelters. So all of his teammates, and then had a heated argument with Pardew, and, and basically said, as we went as we discussed earlier, that was never. A, that was never a four-four-two game. Mm. That was a you know we need five in midfield, and mm. a heated argument ensued. Yeah, uh,
0: Matt J, um, if Pardu goes before the end of the season, uh, are they likely to promote someone internally to see out the remaining games, or bring someone in permanently? I Think we discussed that. One. We did just discuss that. So if you've uh, if you've listened to that, then uh, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> Uh, Nicky Smith asks whether Chris Brunt can be our next manager because he's the only one who's shown any heart for the club at the moment. <laughs> 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 I I think I'm, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I think he's um, not quite ready to move into management just yet. Um, uh, Jason Long, I mean, we've we've almost covered this one. Who would you genuinely keep on for a 46-game championship season? Who could handle it? Who would want to? Uh, I'm assuming you mean out of the players we've just just discussed a fair few. Are there any other names you think would be? Oh, I'd love well to. Up
1: for s- it? Do you know what? I'd love to see. Um, Whoever it is in charge at that point, build the team around Sam Field because here is a player who I think is, is ultimately very talented, very dedicated. hasn't done anything wrong wrong in an Albion shirt um, to my mind, apart from you know being stuck out on the left wing where he doesn't play. And I'd love to see him played in midfield. And do you know what? Given some time, and if he has a bad game, whatever, he's, 19, he's yeah. not. He's not. He's 19. He might be 20 now, and he could be. The next Chris Brunt, do you yeah. know what I mean? Just mm. let let him let him fl- flourish and and actually, the highlight of this season, by far and away, was his goal against Newcastle. Yeah, and there is and there is something about that, you know, the fact that he is an Albion fan. He came through the academy. It is more special than you know a mercenary player who, who just goes mm. from club to club. And I I pray and hope to God that we keep hold of him because every time I speak to him, I've been so impressed with with his attitude and. More to the point, I've I'm been impressed when he's on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just hope that that's what we do next season. Oh, we man. build the team around Samfield and you know get someone experienced in there alongside him. And and um, it's yeah, a
2: great man. point, no? It is him, uh, Jonathan Leko as well. Give uh, this is the chance. I don't know that, about, about Leko. No.
1: You think? I don't know about his attitude. Um,
2: I, I just think, well, it's now or never. I think I, I can't. I, I don't want mercenary players to come in next season, you know, and for it to be a bit of a basket case any more so than it is now, you know. I, I mm. want it built around some players who've got a bit of a club at the heart, and you've got Brunt who can be a great mentor for 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 field in there as well. And I think you know. Look
1: at look at what. Um... Now, I had to, I had to, do, you know, do what Tony Puetz used to do and draw comparisons with Aston Villa. But look at what um, Steve. I was just
0: going to say the same. Look at it? what
1: Steve Bruce is doing at Villa. He's got a mixture of experience and youth. Now Bruce knows how to get out of the Championship, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's built that team around, um, particularly in the last few weeks. Jack Grealish, who is you know one of their own young, mm-hmm. talented midfielder. Okay, he's a different player to the field. You know, he plays far further forward. He's he's a different player, and, and you know whatever but he's got experience around him and it's lifting him up and i think that's what i would like to see with sam field um and i would love to have a manager of bruce's you know abilities and 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 experience and standing next season because i think he's done really well for villa Um, Mm. and you know we just need someone who knows who, who has that sort of um Fearlessness, but also conviction in their decision making, which we haven't actually had um, under Pardew. Yeah, done similarly with Keenan Davis
0: and Andre Green to a point as well. Has he? Yeah, so you know, bringing a lot of young players and you know, oh, you I think adding experience. To and it. fans,
1: fans love that. Mm. Villa fans love that. All, all, all the Villa fans you speak to are like, oh yeah, but Jack, Jack, Jack. Yeah, they, they love it, and and ultimately, that's what supporting your club is about. It's not about finishing seventeenth in the Premier League. It's about going down and have, and being you know in, infused by what you see on the pitch, mm. um, and that you know and that Sam Field, enthuses me. Yeah, and you know I would like to see him play next season yeah. a lot more.
0: I know plenty of Villa fans who'd love to stay in the Championship for the next season as well. Plenty of them because really? they enjoy, they're enjoying the football. I tell you what, they're liking the trips. They're enjoying the football and they like seeing the team actually doing well, yeah. which is one thing with Villa, fa- Villa fans have known for a while. But we won't keep going on about Villa because this is, of course, a West Brom I'll podcast. But,
1: but it's, a, but it's a, yeah, but it's an interesting point, isn't it? You know, will mm-hmm. will the fans actually after eight seasons in the Premier League, mm-hmm. will the fans? Okay, relegation is is bad. It's the pits. It's, you don't want to do it if you, if you if you can afford not to do it, you don't want to do it. You'd rather be you know battling it out with the big boys and yeah. giving them you know. Giving lots of Man United and Man City bloody noses, of course you would. But after eight seasons, and Albion have done, you know, they've been on the roller coaster, they finished eighth, they finished 17th, they've stayed up on the last day of the season, they've beaten Man United at Old Trafford twice, they've, you know, they've done it all, um, or I suppose as much as they can. Um, and, you know, just the fact that they're, they're not on, you know, they, they get sidelined so in so many situations. Like you look at early this season, When West Ham and Spurs got a week's rest um, for a game and Albion and Swansea, the two teams at the bottom of the table, you know, two not so unfashionable clubs and they got two days rest and the Premier League shrugged their shoulders. Mm. And they would never do that for a London club and they'd never do that for a Manchester Manchester club. Mm -hmm. So actually, I'm not saying that relegation is good, by far from it, and also there are financial implications, you know, people could lose their jobs and all that sort of thing. But for the fans, it could rejuvenate and reboot the club and you know we can ship, ship out a deadwood yeah. from the from the squad that you know, there's a lot of players there that are on 60 70 80 grand a week and just don't they're not bothered and yeah. and they just they just they just doing it's it fr- it's a frustration and it and it's been gathering pace all the way through the season and it
2: is time now to feel like you can have a clean slate at the end of the season with clearing the mess
0: that's it so we've got a couple minutes left let's quickly go over the Watford game uh, this is the game that decides Alan Pardew's future yeah, yeah, I think we've said. Yeah, do you reckon a draw's enough, or does he need a win now?
1: In terms of his future. Yeah, that's a good question. I think a draw might stay the execution, but I think, as I've said, the the the, the bigger thing is is trying to find his replacement. Mm. You know, do you reckon
0: it, the manner the draw the draw? would uh, affect it. If, it if it's a game which they, they were lead, if they were leading 2-0 and, they, and they, oh, they, know, show, they draw that game if they
2: capitulate walls. with the lead then it's even worse if they
1: show some bottle and show some fight yeah then yeah maybe I mean in the, in the same way that as that Chelsea game actually the players prove they didn't want to play for Pulis then yeah. mm-hmm. if the players prove they don't want to play for Pardew against Watford he'll be gone but if they show some fight and some bottle then um, you know it might and they and actually get a point or three from it. It might, you know, stay the execution in his hands for another week or two. Yeah. What changes do you think they need making? Loads. Um.
0: Plent- plentiful changes. Well,
1: I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because what would you do? Would you would you bring in Livermore or Field for Barry? Uh, probably. Mm. Uh, considering, or I'd actually just rather see him play at four two three one. Mm. Um. But then, who do you play at number ten? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um the, the that's the problem. The the, the the limitations of this squad considering its uh, injury problems is massive. Mm. No, Storage won't be fit, Chadley Morrison won't be fit. So what Where do you go? Where where, where do you, you exactly it? where do you go? What do you do? Do you play do you play Barry Krakowiak and Field in, yeah. in midfield? Four, five, one? I think that's mm. it.
2: Yeah. Give Rod, put Rodriguez on the bench, uh
1: Brunty's got a start. Um and then I mean, if you do that if you do that then you're going down the route of you know the Pulis model that wasn't working oh, yeah. before, and Rondon's going to be too isolated. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, that, there is a degree there. of Well, actually, what, what do you do? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think part you should have tried more changes in, in the last few weeks, but. Um, You know, the options are are limited. I mean, I suppose he could start Burke, couldn't he? Yeah. Start Burke instead of Phillips. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you
2: know, Phillips hasn't been uh, showing up for me recently, so I think he needs to be maybe trying Burke. I mean, I I don't know. He's obviously raw and, 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 you know, needs a lot of work, but why not just throw a bit of a wild card in for a game? Or stick him,
1: I'll tell you what, Stick Burke up front with
2: with, <laughs> with Rondon.
1: I mean, no, I mean, no, he, it he needs something. It does. He played. He's played centrally before. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: you can afford to do it. I mean, you can't. I mean, why is
2: there to lose? There's nothing to lose. My head's but, in my hands, guys. So, please. So, please, come on.
1: Burke up, Burke up front. You know, <laughs> McLean and Brunt on the wings. Yeah. Choice something. I don't know. Why not? Burke is <laughs> number ten. Is that the future? I mean, yeah. I Hig- yeah. tell you what. Put in number ten. Yeah. Stick Burke at centre back. Ben Foster up front. Foster up front. Yeah, Sam Fielding goal. Um let's see what happens. Well no. Let's get a match prediction
0: from you both guys. So Watford big old game for Alan Pardew. Uh, can West Brom get him
2: a result? No. No. <laughs> Are they going to lose? Uh yeah, 2-0. 2-0, Matt. <laughs> um I think they'll
0: lose 1-0 and I'm thinking there'll be a stay of execution I think it's going to be a one all draw oh. so guys what a downbeat note I know mate this, is, this has been a very upbeat <laughs> this podcast to this be... a, uh, you know I don't know where we go yeah well it's a struggle for Albion at the moment Matt thanks for joining us today Andy thank you Andy, thank you thank you thank you for listening yeah, thank you thank you, everyone for, for listening for, 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 these, <laughs>
2: for going through the with motions with you, so, uh,
0: you can catch us again as always next week